Hello and welcome to Tribal Council, a show in which two brothers who had never seen Survivor before started from the very beginning and also flash forwarded uh, seasons 41 and 42. I'm Patrick. And I'm Chris. And this week we have a couple special things happening. One, we're welcoming back Katie from the premiere of the season. Welcome, Katie. Hi, Katie. Also, this is the 100th episode of Tribal Council. I took a drink as you were saying that and almost did a legit spit take. I can't believe I didn't know that. Episode 100. Man, we should like have celebrated in some way. Maybe by doing like a finale episode with a guest. That would be a good idea. Also featuring some listener mail. We had a listener, Laura, write in and ask, do we know how confessionals work? Do contestants have to initiate those? Is there any strategy involved with others seeing them go off on their own or something? So I do actually kind of know this. I don't entirely know why. And From so, the Rainer podcast, Tyson's talked about it. Oh, okay. I My understanding of it is that like production will pull them kind of one by one aside and like everyone gets confessional time pretty much every day and then they just only show the good stuff. Right. And it's long. Like they'll talk to them for like an hour or something. Right. Um, I will say that something that Tyson Apostle mentioned on the Rainer podcast with it is in terms of strategy is sometimes you'll they'll notice like maybe Patrick gets pulled early in the day and then they notice later in the day Patrick gets pulled again. That usually means that like something has changed up with what Patrick talked about before and they want to get his like feedback on like what yeah, the new uh-huh. plans have been talked about. And so like yes and no to strategy like everybody gets pulled so it's not like a surprise that like if they show us a whole bunch from one person that doesn't mean that person had more confessionals necessarily but sometimes it might like they might get pulled more and so that might make you like put a little blip on your radar of like ooh, why is that person getting pulled again is there something i don't know about he also has said that like if you know there's a tight group of people who if you want to be like ooh, i kind of want to talk to katie about getting chris out that like sometimes they would wait until Chris gets pulled for confessional to make sure that he's not gonna like walk in on that conversation. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I kind of wish they showed that a little more because then it'd be kind of meta, like watching them walk away with the producers and like, oh hey, Chris is talking to them, so let's go talk right now. Yeah. I, so I, would... I agree with you. They actually talked about that on this week's episode of that Ringer podcast, uh, and they're. The, the other guy that does it with Tyson is like a survivor super fan and like knows everything about every season. And Tyson was like, has it ever happened? Have we ever like really seen the producers and uh, the Riley, the other guy was like, Oh yeah, we saw it in a uh, season 39 when, and like Tyson cut him off and was like, Oh yeah, we don't need to talk about that. Uh, uh, Cause there's a, like a big scandal that happened in season 39, I think with maybe a member of production uh that i don't entirely know i don't know all the details of that because we haven't seen it yet but apparently that is like the only time we've ever really seen production members like actually we saw it a little bit this season with like just them helping with the challenge that was going wrong or something like that that's the only time we ever see like production talk apparently in the entire show but i agree with you i think that would be much cooler if we like got to see more of that because it does impact gameplay like players have talked about the production aspects of things impacting things, but we just don't get to see it at all. 
I'm going to Google season 39 after this. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure it was something related to like sexual assault or harassment. I think there was something of some Bum players bum. complained about another player. And then that player also harassed like a member of production and then got kicked out. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. Cause when there was the stuff from season five, um, that the person involved in that Gandia. Yes. That, um, spoke up more recently related to season 39, I think, which is the only mm. reason I like new stuff about it. Um, yeah, but it'll be quite a while before we get to that one. So <laughs> season 42, drop the four, keep the two. Yeah. How do how do everybody like it overall? Like the whole season? I, yeah. I want to hear Katie's I liked it. Um, I liked it a lot, but it was also the first season that I really watched a lot of that had all of the stuff with like idols and like like different advantages. advantages. There we go. That yeah. <laughs> and I understand why they did that, but I there was a little bit of me that missed the pure form of survivor in earlier seasons where there was like less stuff going on if that makes sense yeah but i still really enjoyed it and i thought that it had a really good group of people um i really liked most of them yeah yeah it was definitely a very good cast for the season because it was the same basically the same twist and stuff as last season but the season cast was a lot better i also think that just the editing was better um just in like I feel like I got to know all of the people and there were confessionals with like everybody, most episodes. And like, I just, I feel like I understood what was happening more often, except for the end. Apparently there, I don't know if you know this, Katie, we talked about this last week, but there was an advantage that was like found and like impacted gameplay, but was just never used. And they just cut it from the show entirely. They just didn't show any of it, but uh it like created some alliances and broke some trust and everything and like learning about the advantage. It just never actually got used and they left it all on the cutting room floor. And so that I was like, oh, that is frustrating in the edit, but everything else I feel like was edited very well. Yeah. I do think the editing was good. I think some of that wasn't necessarily like they decided to edit it better. I think they just got lucky in that going into the merge, all three tribes were equal. And so like, just by chance every tribe had had like an equal amount of time at tribal councils and stuff like that so you yeah that's know true but better i uh also think because i i really loved season 42 i do agree with katie that it's just like so many advantages and so much going on and it's kind of hard to keep track of and i i'm sure this is not an original thought on survivor by any means um but i've been thinking that like I think part of the reason why in the, especially in these last two seasons, they've been putting like so many advantages in play is because they so rarely matter. Uh, like we have seen that like, like this season, I don't think idols ever actually mattered, I guess, except in the Dre and Marianne conversation. But beyond that, like idols never were played to actually save someone. Um, and I saw a stat that was like when Marianne used her extra vote to vote Omer out, that's the first time that an extra vote has actually swayed the vote one way or the other. Um, and so it's just like, they want to throw a lot of these advantages in, and a lot of these twists and do or die and all this stuff so that one or two of them might be big things. 
because often they end up not actually mattering and that's more disappointing. Uh, that makes sense. Yeah, I do think there's passive stuff that happens with all of these. Like sometimes people's names don't come up for an option to vote for because they have an idol. So that's like true. Um, having the idol is like a shield for them. So then they don't even like get discussed sometimes because it's like, well, let's not bother because then we have to worry about doing a split vote or whatever. And so like, like people just slide through without having to worry about that. Um, but yeah, that is true. Like shot in the dark is brand new for two seasons. We saw it a bunch early in this season, but never once did anybody get saved from it. And uh, um, we might've said this last week, but Jeff announced that that is like now just a permanent part of the game. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah they're- I think they're all really interesting additions, but I did just think that I lost track of some of them and, Maybe they should have like underneath the person's name, like when they do confessionals, like a tally of what advantages they have. They because- usually do later in the season. You're like, they'll have it. Oh, okay. where it'll say like, yeah. Or if it's an episode where it matters, they will like make sure to include it. But sometimes they right. don't when it is not all that relevant. But, yeah, it does, but it's I almost. Was, I was losing really, track. Yeah, it's yeah. really hard to keep track of. I mean, if we weren't doing this podcast and talking about it every week, I think that I would lose track. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Should we talk more specifically about this finale? Yeah. Um, so we can kind of skip through it because it was a long, it was a lot. It was like three hours of material yeah. that they went through. Um, but like one of the first things that happens, they uh get a tree mail that has a riddle in it with clues and stuff for them to follow that that will give them an advantage in the challenge. We saw the same thing last season. Um, they all kind of sit down and work on it separately and Lindsay solves hers pretty quickly and runs off to wherever the thing told her to go and everybody else remaining is like, Hey, let's work together. And, uh, so they kind of do that. Marianne doesn't really want to work with them. So she purposely like is not doing well in it because she wants Lindsay to get this advantage. Yeah. There's Uh, a, there's a lot of talk early on that it is like, Lindsay needs to be the next one out. We need to make sure that Lindsay's the next one out. Um, which like Marianne and Lindsay are not a big fan of but everyone else is and so yeah Lindsay ends yeah, up so- finding this advantage uh which is just a piece of paper that says you're going to get a big advantage in the next immunity challenge there um, was a fun quote from jonathan that i just thought was funny the phrasing of it where as she's running around looking for something he said i hope she sucks at finding things <laughs> i was like well okay she strikes me as a as a hufflepuff a particularly good finder you know yeah yeah. yeah so so she does get the advantage which we head to the challenge to see what that advantage is um and it is they have to like race through this obstacle course collecting puzzle pieces and at various points through it there's lots of knots tied six knots at every station and we find out that Lindsay only has one knot whereas everybody else has six and so she has much less knots here which i thought when they said it was like a huge advantage um, which is still might have been but uh she doesn't end up winning this. Like she does get advantage. I guess she just would have lost worse. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, she is very close to winning, but uh, yeah, I, can we talk about this challenge? This challenge was great. I love these like ropes course, obstacle course challenges. Um, However, I was very frustrated because of maze watch the logo for this fucking season has a maze in the background very prominently and there's no maze, no maze in the entire season. (laughs) 
Like, this is the closest we get to a maze, and it's definitely not a maze. I, Did you see the uh, the logo for next season? The giant squid? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think oh. it's going to be a giant squid. <laughs> Maybe. But, like, they could be, there could be, like, you know, a lot of water challenges, and that's fine. Because, uh, like, the water is the monster of the game or whatever. Like, sure. This one was, like... It is a maze and there is a lock and a key and we saw keys in episode one and then never saw locks, never saw mazes. What the fuck? Like, I am inordinately pissed about this and clearly much more than either one of you. But like someone on production was like thinking through season 42 and all of these things that they had planned and all of these challenges. And they were like, you know what a good logo would be? A maze. Why? Well, maybe it's like the maze is like a metaphor for the strategy and gameplay you have to like weave through. Then Jeff should have used that analogy like he uses every analogy. I I agree with you, Patrick. And it makes me wonder if maybe there's like a corn maze that caught on fire or something and they just had to like audible and come up with something else. Like maybe they had a really big maze plan and it just, you know, didn't grow. I mean, maybe, would that make you feel better? It would, it would make, make me, feel, me better feel better if they like said that. But like, I think that the logos are made mostly after the season is like done. Yeah, I don't know what to say then. I, no, because yeah. we just watched. They revealed the logo for the season. I guess the season's like mostly filmed now. Okay. Yeah, I just saw someone tweeting out that like season forty four has started. Wow. Um. So I. Yeah, I will yeah, say whatever. I do like the I'm just challenge about it and. But no, I do like that. the challenge. I think the challenge is one that is more ad has is easier for taller people. Uh-huh. Which uh kind of goes with like I think some of their like strength ones favor men more than women a lot of times. So like I don't know how I feel about that, but I do like the m- multiple obstacle course challenge where you can go in like whatever order you want kind of. I do like so there are parts of this obstacle course one where it is like you are like grabbing the next rope along this like high rope essentially, which definitely favors a taller person. But there were also other ones that were like just little wobbly platforms to walk across that probably favor like better balance, which is typically shorter people and women. Yeah. Okay. So maybe it was That's kind true. of balanced in that way. I mean, uh, while there were- Jonathan just like gorilla walked across those. Like, no problem, but I don't think that they expected that. While they were working on the puzzle, it was really tight between Lindsay and Mike. Um, Mike did, like, the whole outside of the puzzle first, while Lindsay just, like, worked from the bottom up. When Mike uh, was doing that, Jeff had a nice quote that said, now he's got the outside of the circle complete. It's just the guts. Which I've never thought of viewing the inside of the puzzle as the guts, but I like it. I felt like he was uh, channeling his inner Mike O'Malley. Yeah. Um yeah, so Mike won immunity. Um, he had talked earlier in the episode that he, if he won, he might uh, play his uh, idol that he has for somebody else. Um, he had and w- suggested playing it potentially for Lindsay and then also had given Marianne his word that he would play it for her in the previous episode. Uh, so. With this win, he also got a food reward, pasta, garlic bread, cake salad red wine um he's very excited about the garlic bread uh and he got to take somebody with him he chose jonathan to take with him um and so they go and enjoy their food reward 
Um, they both talk about how they want Lindsay gone. And Mike tells Jonathan that he'll play his idol on him if someone else pulls theirs. So like, um, like if they have votes, if they like have a plan to vote somebody else out, but that person pulls their idol, then Mike is saying that he'll play his idol on Jonathan to save Jonathan also. Um, Lindsay, when they return to camp, Lindsay talks to Mike again, trying to like lay on the guilt of like, hey, you said you might play your idol on me. Like, what's the deal? Are you going to do that? Um, he doesn't, she doesn't know at this point. I think he kind of just uh, waffles kind of between what he wants to do. Yeah, he just um, keeps saying, my mind isn't made up yet. Yeah. I do think Marianne. Oh, go ahead. This is what I was about to say. Go ahead. Uh, Marianne talks to Mike and says that she doesn't like how Jonathan treats the women on the tribe. And she is hoping to get Mike's idol. Because Mike mentions that he might play his idol on Marianne to save her. And then she's like, well, then I can play my idol on Lindsay and blindside Jonathan, maybe. Um, which this uh, treatment of jo- Jonathan treating women poorly. I don't think it's the first time that it's really come up, but it's definitely something that lasted like in when uh, members get voted out, they'll also often be interviewed and asked to do like a word uh, association game association with all the players and Lindsay's word association for Jonathan for one word to describe him was misogyny. Um, so definitely. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I love Lindsay. I think. I realized all of a sudden that Lindsay was my favorite character or person (laughs) in this episode. And I was really bummed because I was also like becoming aware that she was probably going to be eliminated. Mm -hmm. But I did, I missed some of the stuff with Jonathan being misogynist. I didn't watch every episode this season. I probably only watched like 30% of them. Was he just... It wasn't like a lot in there. There was a couple instances that they showed to us, um, but I think it was. Yeah, I don't know. There's a there was one scene where Lindsay and Marianne were really talkative at camp, and he had some confessionals just complaining about how women are talkative, um, which just like came off a little weird, maybe. But was also maybe like just you're tired and hungry, and you're a little annoyed with your tribe mates, and maybe it's not that they're women. I who knows. Uh, and then there was also a, like, there were some women asking him for help and he was like kind of annoyed that they would ask him for help. And he was like kind of ordering them around. This is like maybe two episodes before this. Uh, and one of the interviews, somebody said too that, like, if they wanted to get strategy ideas through that was Lindsay, Lindsay, if she told it to Jonathan, he wouldn't listen. But then if she told it to like Mike. And then he took the idea to Jonathan. He'd think it was a good idea. Specifically Omer. That's why like Lindsay and Omer were seen as such a duo. Because like Lindsay had a lot of strategy and would talk to Omer about it. And then Omer would get like Jonathan on board. But Jonathan never listened to Lindsay. Which we did see. There was one episode where like Jonathan tried to mastermind this big plan. And like told Lindsay the plan. And she was like, that's a bad idea. And he like wasn't really willing to listen to her. Even though she was right. Right. So th- it was oh, not yeah. in the edit. It was not blatant misogyny. I fully trust Lindsay and think that like Jonathan is not great. Uh, but I don't think that they showed us a ton of like overt things, but there was a lot of like yeah. covert stuff going on. Yeah. None of that is very surprising. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, and yeah, it's so funny we, that he, he wouldn't listen to Lindsay because she's one of the smartest ones. Like, right. Mm-hmm. 
he should have listened to her. Anyway. Yeah, no, you're right. I think it's really important in this whole idol discussion also that, I mean, you mentioned it a little bit that um, Marianne said that, or Mike said that he might play as idol on Marianne. Uh, Marianne is like very confident that he's going to do this. And Lindsay's like, he's promised me things before. And she's like, no, like he gave me his word. It's going to happen. And I think that is important to note because she is right. Like I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself, I guess, but she, he does end up playing his idol on Marianne. Um, and that like plays into her like storyline later on, like her confidence in this and the fact that she was right on that, I think is very important for the end game. Yeah. So she uh, plays it on him and then he plays it on her or yeah, he plays his idol on Marianne. Uh, Romeo at this time also reveals that he had a fake idol that he had told everybody about. Nobody was phased by this. They're like, he's like, well, Jeff, I also want to pull out my idol, which is a fake. And I'll throw it in the fire. And everybody's like, you saw like a little glimmer of excitement. Like, oh, he has an idol. And then he says it's a fake. And everybody's like, uh, why are you wasting our time with this? Like, yeah, uh-huh. nobody's talking about you, Romeo. Um, And then the what like the drama of watching this was whether Marianne was going to play her idol on Lindsay or not. And we see that she chose not to. And then Lindsay ended up getting voted out, which was definitely the right call for Marianne to do here, which comes up later on in like the final, the final tribal council of like her heart wanted her to keep Lindsay around because she's closest with Lindsay and she likes Lindsay, but she knew that strategy wise, Lindsay is a competitor and she needs to get rid of her. And this was a big strategy move to get rid of her. And so that's what she did here. It also means that she like never used this idol, which like is, I have kind of been like, what is the point in not using an idol? Like at least just like use it because you have it um, rather than just like letting it go to waste. But I think that she makes a really good argument for like not using it later on. Oh yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so we head from here straight into the next challenge, um, which is we're down to the final four. Four, um, And this is a game called Simotion, which has appeared on Survivor before. We haven't seen it, but this was our first time. Super cool I love challenge. this game. Mm-hmm. It's so cool. Uh, Marianne, we get to see Marianne getting emotional, talking about her family and them watching her right now. Some of her family's estranged and... Uh, she's talking about how like maybe her being on the show will bring them all together. Um, Jonathan says it comes down to this, Mr. Jeff. That's the name of the episode, except without the Mr. Jeff. Yeah. Uh, so they have one hand behind their back and they have to drop a ball into this uh, like shoot roller coaster sort of thing as it travels through and it can pop out like one of two entrances and they just have to keep putting it back in. They can never let it drop. And then after so much time, Jeff tells them to add another ball and another ball. Um, Marianne is out pretty quickly. No, Mike, uh, or Mike is out. Mike's out first, like real early. He's really mad about it. So early um, that they're still in the warm up phase. Jeff gives yeah. him so much shit for this, and it's hilarious. Yeah. Well, and then Marianne drops out, and Jeff says, This is not a difficult phase. Lots of children watching could do this. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder why uh, he was feeling so spicy that day. <laughs> Well, I think he's kind of like, this challenge usually lasts for hours. What the fuck is happening? (laughs) (laughs) It reminded me of Mousetrap. Yeah. Did you you guys ever play that game? I don't. Mousetrap. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I thought you said like Moss Chat. 
and I have no <laughs> idea what that was. No, that's what we yeah, do not on that. camping. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Romeo and Jonathan both make it to three balls and then four balls and Jonathan is out. Um, and Romeo wins and is going to be in the final tribal council, the final three, which wow. Wow. Cannot believe Romeo won an immunity challenge. I can't believe it either. Um, so he gets to choose somebody to go with him. And so they all kind of like have their typical chats where they all like go around and talk and try to figure stuff out. Michael or Michael, Mike suggests to Romeo that like, Hey, don't take me. I'll go to fire. I'll challenge Jonathan. You should take Marianne. Um, or actually, no, Mike suggests that he takes Jonathan, I think. Yeah. Because Mike can beat Marianne in the fire. Um, Marianne, the show's like all of them kind of training with fire making. Marianne and Jonathan both training. Jonathan looking like he's really good at beating fire or building fire. And Marianne giving him some tips because she wants Jonathan to beat Mike in the fire making because she thinks she'd have a better chance against Jonathan at the end. Turns out doesn't matter she'll just beat anybody um she, I yeah, can't she believe... feels pretty confident that she that romeo is going to pick her right i can't believe romeo did pick her that was so so foolish in my opinion like she just seems like somebody that had a good chance well yeah i mean romeo i don't know if he knew realized this but there's no way he wasn't going to beat any of maybe That's... jonathan i guess but it doesn't matter because there's always going to be three. So like he couldn't beat two other people. I don't think that he, like I, he was good friends with Marianne. So he wanted like them right. to stick together and she like played off of that loyalty a little bit. But then also I think that none of them saw Marianne as the threat that she was because like Mike was very, very social. Jonathan was very, very strong, like physically. And so they yeah. expected them to be the like the favorites which i think mike actually was kind of a favorite and they didn't realize how much people didn't like jonathan i guess just like as a viewer as soon as he chose marianne i was like oh okay i i know the rest of this i know where this is going i mean i thought that too like i i thought marianne would win last week when we talked about this but i will say like going into that final travel council, I was like, it could be Mike. I'm not sure what's yeah. going to happen here. After final travel council, I was like, yeah, there, no, Mike just did his own grave, but we'll get yeah. there. Yeah. So before that, we go for the fire making. We find out that Romeo does choose Marianne, Jonathan, and Mike battle it out in the fire. Um, and Mike is the first to make some flames and gets his fire big enough to burn through the rope. And so he wins, which means he's going to be in the final three. Um, Jonathan is out in being out. He said he called Jeff Jeff. He didn't say Mr. Jeff. Really? Yeah. I didn't notice that. That's weird. Right. Is that's that how like you, <laughs> that's how you know he was truly out. He was like, no more Mr. Jeff bullshit. Like you're just Jeff to me now. I'm done. That's so weird. Yeah. Oh, that like maybe makes me more uncomfortable than, than the fact that he's called him Mr. Jeff this whole time. <laughs> But he switched just regular Jeff. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a weird, like, power dynamic thing that I just really don't like. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, you're uh, not my daddy anymore, or whatever. <laughs> daddy Jeff. <laughs> if I ever go on Survivor, I'll just call him Daddy Jeff. I don't think, I I don't think do he that. would like that. I don't, yeah. No one would like that. <laughs> no, no one. <laughs> Um, so the final three get to go hang out around camp and feast a little bit. What if I just called uh, him dad? 
Dad, I bet somebody's done that before, right? Okay, thanks, Dad. <laughs> Do your uh, students ever accidentally call you Dad? Uh, uh, no. I think I've gotten Mom before. I don't know if I've gotten Aww. Dad. Oh, that's sweet. <laughs> I had a kid tell me that they uh, thought of me as a father figure this year. That was very cute. No, that's nice. I've gotten like other teachers names, but I don't know if I've gotten dad. Um, Yeah. So the other three hanging out about around camp, we get this nice um, like intercuts of the jury members talking about the final three. I loved this. Of just saying like their thoughts about them and stuff like that, which was cool. That was a new addition that we didn't see before. It was like one that we kind of saw more in the early seasons. Yeah. I didn't see last season. So it was nice to see that come back. Um, and then we head to the final tribal council with the jury. And Jeff does this like organized discussion by saying we're going to talk in different categories where he says, first, we're going to talk about social game, then challenges and then strategy. Um, and we go through, get lots of discussion here. Um, I don't know how much of this we want to go through. I think I there's really a, like a how couple- organized it was. Yeah, I actually liked that too. I thought like going through the categories was nice. I um, agree that I like I like those categories. I do miss the version of the older seasons where it is like everyone gets one question or a comment. Uh, see, I think I like the open discussion a little bit more. It feels nicer, maybe. I kind of wish that there was like a mix of both where it was like a question and then other like, because the, the thing I like about the open discussion is that like, people will ask clarifying questions off of each other's and I kind of wish it could be like, I don't know, like Chanel once or Tori asked one of the first questions of like, here are my uh, like views of each of you. Am I correct? And then there was like some follow-up after that. And I wish it could be like, each of them has a question, but then like, if people want to follow up from their answers, they're allowed to do that also. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the gist of this one was like Mike claimed he played an honorable game. The jury is like, uh, no, not really. You like promised stuff to people and lied a lot. And he rather than like reading their social cues of like the jury was like very much hinting at him like, hey, you should say that you did this on purpose. Yeah. And he's like, nope, definitely didn't do it on purpose. Like I was honorable. Um, that was like his big mix misstep in this whole final tribal council. Um, Well, he particularly, he said, the only time I have lied in this game was to Roxroy. And they came back with like, you literally like lied to Drea to her face and then bragged about it minutes later. Like you, you talked, Omer was like, you talked to me about lying to people. Like, how can you possibly say that? And it has showed how not self-aware he was of his game because yeah. Mike played a yeah. very strategic game of like telling everybody he was on their side but then betraying them every single time and he did that beautifully he just like didn't do it on purpose right and yeah. if he had owned up to it and like realized that he might have won right oh I think that he would have yeah I think um, he was pretty delusional about it like I genuinely think that he was having an aha moment like afterwards like you could kind of see him eating the pizza and like I think he was really reflecting yeah Mm -hmm. because I he could have won if he handled it better the questions I think and I think that part of that aha moment was like an identity crisis because like I think that he genuinely believed that he was like played with a lot of integrity and honor and everyone was like, you did not, though. 
And if you, if like that had been the point, if that had all been a front, it would have been great, but you just are wrong about yourself and you need to come to terms with that. And that's like, it's not just like a crisis of how people view him. It's a crisis of like who he is. Cause he genuinely thought he had been yeah. honorable. That's it. Yeah. It's rough. <laughs> and he's 57 years old and he's just now realizing this about himself. And he's like, got cameras on him and he's eating pizza and <laughs> I saw the look in his eyes like oh <laughs> yeah which like you know I think that really it is like he is a very honorable man of integrity and a man of his word but he like your 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 morals and your ethics always have to like bend around your situation all the time like nothing is black and white everything is gray kind of and he like did that well. He just didn't realize how much it was bending, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then um, Marianne's shining moment of all of this, like she had a good answers for everything, but her best one was during the strategy section um, where Drea asked what was her biggest move that she did on her own. And she like went through this whole list of like how she guaranteed herself to be in the final three with multiple people, basically. Like Mike promised it to her. Um, She also talked about, or she pulled out her idol at this point, which nobody knew. Like this was the only secret of the whole game. Basically nobody knew she had this idol. And so that was a huge thing of like, I had this idol. I could have played it to save Lindsay. I chose not to, because I knew that she would be a bigger challenge. And that was a huge thing too. That was like, which Patrick mentioned earlier in this episode, like that was a good use of not using the idol. Yes. Mm -hmm. And it was particularly, it was a good shocker to the jury because it was she called it the only secret left in this game which like it was just such a dramatic play that the jury obviously loved and was like Mm -hmm. maybe i don't have an an exact count on this but like maybe half of the jury was there because they couldn't keep a secret uh and so like i am still here because i kept this secret is a great line yeah Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she also just was extremely composed, and I feel like she could be like a motivational speaker. Like she just was really good at talking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's multiple times throughout the season that she's had some really good like monologues at tribal council. One of which, like Jeff, afterwards, it was during the Drea Marianne talk about like representing their race on the show and stuff like that. That after she finished, my, Jeff was like, "Wow, that was amazing." Yeah. I also realized in this scene how much I really liked Drea and wished that she had stayed around longer because mm-hmm. she just seemed really cool, right? Yeah, yeah. Drea's great. I love Drea. Yeah. Um, like she, yeah. She couldn't keep a secret and it cost her the game. Yeah. Yeah. Especially the secret that is knowledge is power. Yes. <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, yeah, then Romeo... He basically, like, his biggest thing was talking about he made up the fake idol and... That no one cared about. That's about it. He also, he claims, I think that he represented his game really well. Like, he spoke, his answers were very good. His game was just bad. Yeah. Um, Where, like, he talked about, like, I was always on the bottom. I was always just trying to survive. I was never really in a group alliance, but I like made individual relationships with each of you so that you would like be willing to work with me or tell me the plan or like use my vote. And I was just like going to be a tag along the whole time, basically, which like is a good answer. 
It's yeah. just a bad strategy. We're like, right. Mike had great that's a way to get to the bad answers. Yeah. Like Romeo's strategy will get him to the end, but it will never win him, like get him to win. But I think I genuinely generally agree with you. I think though that like if he would have played it just the tiniest bit differently, it's kind of similar to like Sandra in Pearl Islands, where she was like, I'm just gonna be a vote. And like as long as it's not me, let me keep going and just like use my vote however you want. And I don't have to steer the ship. I'm just along for the ride a little bit. And she won. And a lot of people respected that game. And if Romeo maybe would have like been a little bit more like that and maybe avoided being on the bottom the entire time, like part of Sandra's greatness in that was that she wasn't voted for all of the time where Romeo right, was I one think, good idol away from being out. Basically I think Sandra put herself in strategy strategic conversation without leading that strategic vote whereas romeo i don't it could have just been how it was edited but it didn't seem like he put himself in those conversations he just waited for people to come to him that's true and so i think that yeah i think you're right that's where he went wrong there um so yeah so oh i also think he had a reputation for like not really helping around the camp as much too and that has to like add up to that right like yeah 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 they didn't like him because he didn't do stuff and would like sneak extra food and stuff like that yeah, yeah like that's gonna add to the problem mm-hmm. yeah no one respected his game basically since the merge yeah um so yeah so after the discussion they go vote and then jeff reveals again that hey we're just gonna do the vote reveal right now you don't have to wait which to them was a surprise to us we just saw him do that last season. So we kind of assumed that's how it would go. And on interview, Jeff said that this is going to be like a mainstay. I think that he's going to be doing the vote reveals like this now. I hate it so much. I like the vote reveal. Then I think the reunion after show shouldn't be then. Um, yeah, that's fair. Like, it's so fun to see their excitement, like with the jury right then, like they just voted. Let's do the reveal. I miss the really elaborate cut scene where Jeff... <laughs> takes a motorcycle to a helicopter etc yes i totally agree with you i also like everyone who's not on the jury is just not there for any of this well that's why like the after show reunion like it would be cool to still do something like that but i don't know yeah i don't know a great way to do it yeah that's Um, true that might actually be the best what you're describing is like reading the votes live and then doing a reunion later so then it can also be like the winner knows that they have won and have processed that so that they're like the way that the older seasons do it of like vote reveal and reunion all in one. The winner is still in shock that whole time. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So yeah, um, I, I think you're right. That would be best. Yeah. The, so they do their vote reveal. Marianne wins seven to one. Um, the one odd vote out was uh, Jonathan voting for Mike. Everybody else voted for Marianne. Um, and so we get a little bit of post-game talk. Um, there's several people that say they were kind of leaning Mike going into tribal council, but were swayed by Marianne. Which is, um, this is why it is awful. Because, like, if Mike had had months to, like, process that and realize that he maybe did a bad job in that final, final tribal council, that's one thing. But, like, immediate, like, doing a bad job, still processing that, learning that you lost and then having to talk about it on camera and your friends telling you that you did a bad job and that you lost 
100 percent agree I, I was just watching him and I saw this look in his eyes. It was like he was looking into the abyss. Yeah. Like, it happened in season 41 too. Like Deshaun and Xander just like didn't answer questions because they were just were like, I thought I was about yeah. to win a million dollars and I did not. Yeah. You could really tell it with Deshaun last season. But Mike did, even though he had that look in his eye, all the words that came out of his mouth were very gracious and he handled it very gracefully. He did. That's true. I think that he genuinely really loves Marianne too. Um, since the finale, uh, I think Mike just got married this week, maybe, or, yeah. or uh-huh. least, uh, they posted the pictures at least. Yeah, at least he was posting pictures of it. But like Marianne was the MC at their reception, which is fun. No way. Yeah, mm-hmm. and oh like a, bu- God, a bunch so of Survivor nice. people were at their wedding. So like, I think that uh, like Mike and Marianne were like legitimately very tight. Yeah. So that's really nice. That makes me really happy. Yeah. Same here. I was like, oh, some of this like graciousness is probably real and not just because there's cameras on you. Like you actually are happy for Marianne, even though you're sad for yourself. Yeah. We also, another thing we find out is that Lindsay was originally supposed to be last season, but she got COVID. And so they moved her to this season. Uh, I had nothing else written down from that after show talk. Yeah. And none of it was all that interesting. I was a little disappointed by it, but now the true interesting things are our predictions and fantasy. Um, Patrick last episode predicted how the final five would go completely correct. hundred percent. Correct. Guessed it would be Lindsay, Jonathan, and then Marianne, Mike Romeo would be the final three and Marianne would win. And he was right. Wow. Good job. And that counts Um, for nothing in our fantasy. Yeah. So (laughs) fantasy, the important thing is uh, Bianca ended up with, 1,185 points in fourth place um, with two people in that final episode still active. Uh, Patrick got third place with 1,599 points with nobody in the final episode. Um, Katie got third place or second place with uh, 1,634 points with three of the people. 35 point difference. Uh Nice. (laughs) And then I got first place. Uh, where I had Mike and Marianne in my on my team with 1,989 points, which is a 355 point difference between me and Katie and Patrick, wow. even more so. This I, was a dominant win. It was. I. You did great. I'm very Mike proud and Marianne. <laughs> Mike and Marianne accounted for half of my points. Yeah, I feel the need to know that, like. The last time Katie was on this podcast, uh, I was the only one of the four of us, because Bianca was also here at that point, that liked Mary. That's true. Liked her. Yeah, that's true. You didn't pick her for your final three or for your fantasy team. I know. And like, I am so disappointed in myself that like I didn't pick her based off of the interview because I absolutely would have picked her off of that first episode. But we picked mm. before that, and that's unfortunate. Yeah. But like, you know, y'all who did pick her. we're not fans of Marianne, and I was a Marianne. I fan, picked her, and I'm very disappointed that like if I would have just picked her, I would have maybe done better. Very sad about it. Yeah, she uh, grew on oh, me a little bit. I will say that her uh, little like love affair flirtation with Zach 
uh i'm pretty sure i saw that is not actually a real thing that they i think she has like her own boyfriend or zach has his own girlfriend or something they were just they're just friends uh she has a boyfriend yeah yeah um yeah all right so should we as is custom wait real quick did we discuss like why bianca isn't here we didn't okay just like bianca should have been here but she wasn't able to make it tonight and we couldn't reschedule it so yeah sorry bianca yeah it is really sad i miss her did she not go camping with you guys Mm-mm. no oh. it's her finals week at school i i thought you were like being sarcastic about missing her because you like had just spent all weekend with her but oh oh no, no that, she wouldn't have gone camping anyways but yeah yeah she's an indoor cat and appreciates it when we're out of the house mm-hmm. <laughs> well so yes. as is custom patrick is going to perform a song in my honor i am Ooh. i have I'm really no excited. i have no musical backing but i don't think i need it for this song this is for the hundredth episode of tribal council it is for the hundredth episode i feel um i feel pretty good about this one i know this song very very well uh previously patrick had to perform a song to me and he, and he did chrysalicious to the tune of fergalicious wow yeah and so like that one i really focused on like you as a person and how great you are and this one i just talked about how you're really good at fantasy and a little bit about uh well some other things that maybe reveal some inner bitterness of mine but uh we'll see how this goes okay are we ready yep yeah well good for you i guess you won survivor fantasy you chose marianne and it only took finale week remember when you said that you didn't want to pick Lindsay? Good for you. I guess that you picked Mike from Jersey too. I guess that Hoboken fireman got you lots of points. Now you can be the winner for Survivor 42. Good for you. You look happy that you won, not me. If you ever cared to ask. Good for you. You're doing great out there without me, brother. Out there in the Washington state, you've moved out there. You have your friends camping in the woods in Seattle. But I'm here in Ohio. I really do miss you. But I guess good for you. Maybe she's too emotional, but her idol is the only secret. Maybe she's too emotional, or maybe she plays with strategy. Maybe she's too emotional, but her idol is the only secret. Maybe she's too emotional, or maybe she plays with strategy. Good for you, you look happy that you won, not me, if you ever cared to ask. Good for you, you're doing great out there without me, brother like a damn Washington night you've moved out there you have your friends camping in the woods in Seattle but I'm here in Ohio I really do miss you I guess good for you good for you I guess you won Survivor Fantasy that was awesome thanks that was so good wow Uh, yeah yeah thanks I like don't even know what to say that was great I guess good for me it sounds like you might miss Chris a little bit yeah, I do. Just like reading between the lines a little. <laughs> really like reading the lines. <laughs> I I just heard the good for you part. Yeah. Um cool. So now what? Uh we have well, other next stuff week? we got to Yes. Uh well, okay, before that, I lied. So they gave us a preview for not a preview for season 43, just a logo, had an octopus or squid on it. 
Um, there's been some pictures revealed of the cast. They they did give us a preview. Did they? Yes. Yeah. It was a lot of like really quick edits though. You didn't get mm. too much. But we like saw a bunch of people and like them talking about like, oh, it's going to be so good. Yeah. Okay. Well, so I want you all based off of these Whoa. pictures to just, let's just try to pick who we think the final three is going to be. Oh, easy. <laughs> easy. Okay. For uh, listeners, this is just screenshots of like the opening stills that they often show for season 43 that got leaked online. Um, the, so there's lots of contestants names. We'll do deep dives of these later in the summer as we get closer to season 43. But I thought since it just got revealed, it'd be fun to just call our shot just based off the pictures. I okay. think I know my three. I do too, I think. Chris, do you know yours? Um, you know what? I need to rethink. <laughs> I've got like, oh man, I have like feel like I can make arguments for like so many of these people. I mean, you don't have any more information than these photos, right? Correct. I'm just but, purely man, the going photos off of, really tell you a lot. Yeah, I'm I'm going off of vibes. Yeah, I yeah, realized okay. that I in my original three, I was picking three good people, and the final three often has like someone that gets dragged to the end to lose, and so I needed to pick someone that would make it far enough that to be mm. that but still lose all right katie let's hear it i think that the final three will be cody and janine and owen man i considered all of those people and picked none of them uh, <laughs> i yeah basically same i don't actually i don't think i ever considered owen but yes oh well i like very nearly included all three of those people and then instead chose Mariah, Jay, and Noel. Oh, I didn't pick any of those three. Whoa. I picked Jesse, Ineka, and Ellie. Okay, okay. Quick note, are how confident are you on the pronunciation of that second name? Ineka? Uh not that po- confident. Okay. I thought it was just Nika, but oh maybe. Uh we'll find out in a few months. Um all right, so next week we will be talking about season 10, episode one. And then after that one, we'll, each week we'll do batches of like four episodes. And then we'll do season 11 and 12 this summer as well, heading into season 43 in the fall. Um, um, question for you, Chris. Yeah. Scorigami, how many times have we seen a seven to one? Oh, I guess probably just Erica, actually. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. The Scorigami spreadsheet I look at doesn't include the final vote. Oh, it's just, okay. for, just for elimination. So I would just have to go back and look at like the finals. But the finals in the old seasons were seven member jury. So yeah, yeah, it would sense. just be Erica so far. Um, yeah. All right, where, cool. Where are they in season 10? Um, I don't know. You might have to. Oh, wait. Uh, Palau in the South Pacific. Ooh. I do kind of like I understand why they just bought an island and are always on the same island but it's kind of fun to watch them go to different places I think yeah. it's a lot more fun to watch different places however part of what's fun about it is seeing like other cultures and that is real hit or miss on how they handle it yeah they can really get appropriate yeah uh-huh um I think we asked you this at the beginning of the season when we recorded with you, Katie. Would you ever be on Survivor? Hell no. I'm pretty sure that's what your answer was before. <laughs> I 
recently asked you where they go to the bathroom and if they have toilet paper. (laughs) They don't. They They just go. go to the bathroom in a cave and then the water comes and washes it away. Oh, did you tell her about Tyson's pee song? Piss cave no. song? No. No. Oh, I she sounded did, like she, she did was this describing on her the piss own. cave. No, she, I, yeah. I just, I, I ended up Googling it because I started to get really fixated on, I, I, I started to picture like a, like a porta potty that a production assistant had like wrapped in bamboo to make it look like <laughs> naturalistic or something. Um, and turns out, no, they just use a cave. If it makes you feel better, they like often go long stretches without pooping because they're not eating very much or they're constipated. So that makes me, it doesn't make me more enticed to go on it, you know? Yeah. I just like they're not pooping in the cave. I think they're, yeah, but they are, they are occasionally pooping in the cave. I think that they're usually like digging a hole in the sand and pooping and burying it. Oh, I was picturing the turds going out in the ocean. <laughs> oh, gross. Yeah, that's what I was picturing. I just choose not to picture it. Sorry. That's where I'm at. So I, this, I, outside this season, uh, I like I'm usually often like right in the middle of like, would I want to be on it? Would I not? This season, and I often go back and forth. This season tipped me more towards the would be on it. Oh, oh. I agree. Same. Which I already Why? was on the would be, but like just slightly. And this season made me a lot more yes. Um, I think it was just. Everybody just seemed to have so much fun. Yeah, but they didn't have rice. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> like the starvation would be awful. Yeah. I think the uh, I think the twenty six day thing makes me a lot more likely. I think like they keep saying that it's so much harder and everything, but I think that's not true. It is only twenty six oh, yeah. days, uh, and like it would be rough. But theoretically, I could just like not eat for twenty six days and survive. Ooh. Which, like, the old 39-day seasons, maybe not the case. This is, like, mm-hmm. a full two weeks shorter, almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm, I'm more true. likely to do that. I feel like I could do that. Do the new era of Survivor. All right. Yeah. Cool. Uh, anything else? Anything else we got to talk about? No. All right. Cool. Uh, Katie, thank you so much for being on for the premiere and the finale. Yeah, thanks, Katie. Thanks for and having thanks me. also to Bianca, who... Uh, is not here, but I'm sure that she will hear this later. Uh, yeah. We got to do uh, plugs, recommendations. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Katie, uh, Katie, I know you have a recommendation, <laughs> a plug that you've been excited about. I do. I am excited to say that Bianca and I were so inspired by you guys that we have decided to start our own podcast. Um, we've only recorded one episode and we're still figuring out how to drop it and everything (laughs) but it is called this will last forever and it is a podcast about looking at romantic comedies with a modern lens and with humor and um we just make each other laugh a lot while we talk about rom-coms and uh if you want to check it out listeners uh it's not available yet it's not available yet, but maybe when it is available, I'll let you know and you can like leave a link somewhere in a show note or something. Yeah, I'm very excited for this. I, you know, I listened to the first episode and I was cracking myself up. And so I, I hope other people enjoy it too. What movie did you cover in your first episode? We covered 10 Things I Hate About You. 
Oh, great movie. Great pick. Okay. Exactly. We wanted to start strong. Man, maybe I need to go watch 10 Things I Hate About You. Yeah, it's so good. Like, it holds up so well. It holds up. It's so 90s. Ooh, really good. Patrick, do you have a recommendation? So I have two things, both of which I may have recommended in the past, but I'm going to say them anyway. Have we talked about Yellow Jackets? I don't know if we have on here or not. Great show, though. Yeah, so it's I've been so watching, good. Yeah, Kayla and I have been watching Yellow Jackets. Uh, we have like maybe two episodes left, so no spoilers. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, for listeners who aren't aware, it's a Showtime show about um. A, Wait, Showtime? I thought it was Amazon. Nope, Showtime. Oh. Okay. Uh, <laughs> a high school girls soccer team that gets in a plane crash on their way to like the national championship game. And it's like a Lord of the flies scenario in the woods kind of um, in the nineties. And then also some survivors of that in the present day dealing with like past dealing with ramifications of that and traumas from that. And also like some stuff popping up now about it. Uh, It's very, very good. Wildly well cast in that, like, the teenagers and their adult counterparts are like very believable. It's creepy. Um, mm-hmm. And it is, it's very, very good. Highly recommend. Uh, and then also something that I may have also uh, recommended here is that I've been watching Top Chef from the beginning also, and it's great. Just started season nine. Big fan. Everyone should watch Top Chef. Where's season nine? Texas. Oh, yes. It started with like Lots 29 of- people and they had to earn yep. their way in. Lots of barbecue there. Yeah. Um, very cool. Uh, I would like to recommend pie iron pizzas. Mm. Uh, become a staple for our camping trips. Pie irons are great. We buy like a tube of like, just like a Pillsbury dough tube of pizza dough. Cut it up, put some pizza dough in there, fill it up with toppings, fold it over. You get your own homemade like pizza pockets. Fantastic. People can put in whatever toppings they want. It's great. Highly recommend. Yeah, that sounds great. All right, cool. Listeners, if you want to share your favorite pizza toppings for Pyre and Pizza or your favorite rom-com or your favorite yellow jacket, email us at tribalcouncilpodcast at gmail.com or tweet at us at tribalcouncil20. Um, thanks to Katie again for coming on. And uh, as always, for Tribal Council, this is Chris signing off. This is Patrick. This is Katie. And the tribe has spoken. Oh, yo, yo, yeah. <laughs> what is a... Uh... My favorite pizza topping is probably like sausage. My favorite yellow jacket is Melanie Linsky. And my favorite rom-com is maybe like about time. (laughs)